Something amazing is happening in animation. Studios are processing data faster and using insights to help bring imagination to life. That's because CDW showed them new ways to maximize their infrastructure, then built a flexible Dell Technologies data solution. More automation led to reduced maintenance times and greater efficiency, so that creativity stays the star of the show. Dell Technologies and CDW. Make amazing happen. Learn more at cdw.com slash Center. Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. It's here. It's finally here. The Rogue One trailer, our first official look at the first of the non-saga stories. We've got the entire trailer breakdown right here for you. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the Five of First Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod and thank you for joining me for this bonus episode where we are going to break down shot by shot the Rogue One trailer that just debuted on Good Morning America today. Now I want to say at the outset thank you to a few folks on Twitter, Country1983, that's with a K-K-O-U-N-T-R-Y-1983, as well as the expanded Fandomverse, Star Wars Expose, and My Star Wars Story, all of whom were tweeting me yesterday evening when the announcement came out and make sure that I saw the <laughs> the word breaking. And yeah, I hadn't heard that it was happening until I got those tweets. So thank you one and all for alerting me to the situation. And if you are a new listener to the podcast, then I'll let you know that anytime we get new footage like this, we will do bonus episodes where we will break down the trailers in as much detail as we can. Spoiler-free, of course, so that way you can enjoy it without having to worry that you're going to hear something you don't want to hear. So what do you say? Let's dive right into it, shall we? First, we get... Two shots within the rebel base of Felicity Jones's character walking through, being escorted through a hallway, and then walking through a hangar bay, which is clearly, it's got, <laughs> it can't be anywhere else, the Great Masasi Temple on Yavin 4, Base 1, interestingly enough, as it's called. And we get this handy-dandy introduction to Felicity Jones's character via voiceover. State your name for the record. Jen Urso. Forgery of Imperial Documents. Possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting arrest. Yeah, okay, so she's a bad mamma jamma, all right. <laughs> and the voiceover is being done along with her by Alistair Petrie, or Petrie, not sure which way is the correct pronunciation. And he appears to hold the rank of general in the Rebel Alliance. We're going to see his face in just a moment or so. We don't actually know what character he is playing yet, though. And as Felicity Jones, Jin Urso, is being brought through the hangar bay on Yavin 4, she's in binders. She is handcuffed, but she is also not being treated as though she is that much of a danger in the sense that the rebel trooper escorting her is just walking ahead of her and not really even paying attention to her. She's just trailing behind. So it doesn't seem like they're really expecting a lot of danger from her per se, but you know, they don't want her hands free for whatever's going on. But they bring her into the Rebel Alliance's control center, and we hear a voice that is very familiar and suddenly see Mon Mothma on Yavin 4 in the control center, which is really awesome. Now, there's a, uh, a gal named Genevieve O'Reilly who played a younger Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith, 
And her Wikipedia page has been updated as well as her Wikipedia page to reflect her playing the role of Mon Mothma in Rogue One. However, her IMDb profile does not say it yet. And, of course, since all of these uh, things, Wikipedia and Wikipedia, are user-updated, it's hard to say for sure that she is, in fact, the person. But it sure looks a heck of a lot like her. So I think it's probably a safe guess at this point, though by no means confirmation to say that she is playing Mon Mothma. And here is her assessment of Jin Erso. On your own from the age of 15, reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. Yeah, okay, so not the most complimentary at this point so far, although it's probably exactly what they need for sure. And as yet, no indication of why she is in custody, per se, why she's been arrested. I mean, if she's having these crimes you know, uh, read off by a rebel general and they include forging of imperial documents, you'd think they'd be cool with the forging of imperial documents and not necessarily have her walking around in handcuffs. So no idea yet why she is actually in custody per se instead of just being you know a part of the party as it were but Jin seems particularly unfazed by this whole thing and has a very cool response and we're assuming of course that some of this dialogue is actually you know right in a line you know one after the other after the other and maybe it isn't you know well, the movie will be cut differently for all we know but this is what in the trailer her response to these charges and observations about her character are this is a rebellion isn't it i rebel oh so i see this is turning into a geico commercial if you've been on your own since 15 you're reckless aggressive and undisciplined you rebel it's what you do if you want to save 15 percent on car insurance etc etc <laughs> All right, I kid because I love. Anyway, in between her saying, this is a rebellion, isn't it, and I rebel, we get a series of quick cuts of a planet that sort of looks Tatooine-like in terms of its Moss Eisley area. Kind of, like, similar, but doesn't necessarily have to be. Likely it's going to be somewhere else. Why? Because they can take us to other places, can't they? Why shouldn't they? And, and we see Jin lurking in an alley and a robot behind her. There is a very tall robot behind her walking around and we will see this robot later on there have been rumors and spoilers again don't you worry I'm not going to get into that level of detail but just so you know that if you want to go into rumor or spoiler territory then this is a robot you've heard of already we will see that robot later running with her and with Diego Luna's character in an imperial facility or what looks like an imperial facility and so it looks like that robot is in fact with her in this particular scene but it seems like the robot is not the only person or character with her as she starts taking out stormtroopers left and right we do see there is one character in one of the shots when she's pulling her blaster they don't actually show her firing the blaster it's a quick cut to an explosion so it kind of looks like maybe she shot it but if you actually go frame by frame she does not actually fire it in the trailer itself. But there is somebody behind her sort of either walking away or going, you know, whatever, you know, the sh quickness of the frame caught it in a, you know, very, you know, <laughs> very brief millisecond thing. So maybe the person is running. But there is another person behind her who is not a stormtrooper who is dressed in other gear. Could be part of the team that we see in that Rogue One cast photo, that infamous cast photo that's been the only thing we've been able to hang on to as far as Rogue One footage for so long. And it looks like that alleyway that Jin was lurking down and came out of to start 
taking on stormtroopers. It looked like that alleyway meets up in a little square. I mean, not a square exactly because it's not like there's a bunch of other stuff there. It's just sort of a meeting of a number of different alleyways. And there is something that gets blown up or exploded. Now we see the viewpoint of a window looking down on this square and a person looks like they're triggering the explosive device from there and then ducking out of the way of the window. It is hard to tell who the person is character-wise, but does look potentially human from the, the point of view. Certainly not a droid look and doesn't necessarily look like an alien creature. Now, as for the thing that gets blown up, aside from the stormtroopers, of course, that go flying, there is a... I don't know what you call it, like a troop transport, a little mini tank. I saw somebody on Twitter say that it reminded them of the mini rigs that we used to have with the old Star Wars toys way back when. But there is some sort of little, you know, close quarters troop transport thing that's crawling through the streets of wherever this is. And we see that later in the trailer, but that appears to be the thing that is getting blown up in this little square, this little space meeting of alleyways. And Felicity Jones and one of her teammates, it could be Diego Luna, it's hard to tell, it's just so fast and the frame by frame, like it's a little bit blurry as I try to stop it, but they are right near where that explosion is and she tries to knock her teammate down and actually get, you know, not exactly on top of because the angle doesn't seem right, but she's actually, her motion is more of a protective motion of the person who is falling down with her. So that suggests that she is taking some sort of leadership role in the whole thing or that she is just naturally a leader and naturally protective of people that she (laughs) is on missions with. Anyway, a couple of things that we haven't addressed yet that show up before the screen goes to black and does the this December dramatic thing. Uh, We have our first shot of Diego Luna, who is in the Rebel Command Center, listening to the conversation between... Jin and Mon Mothma and this other rebel general, Alistair Petrie. And Diego Luna's insignia on his uh, jacket has two dots on it. And unfortunately, rebel insignia has not really been standardized in, in the old canon, let alone the new canon. So according to a Rebel Alliance source book that was put out by West End Games back in the late 80s or early 90s, and that tends to be one of the primary sources of information, at least before all that stuff became legends, the two dots suggested that he was a captain. But I went and looked at Harrison Ford's Hoth jacket from The Empire Strikes Back, and funnily enough, he does not have an insignia ranking on his jacket, unlike Luke Skywalker, who does have a commander insignia on his jacket. But... The West End Games thing, for example, has a different dot pattern for the rank of major than what actually appears in the movie. For example, (laughs) Cliff Clavin's character, John Ratzenberger, right? Major Derlin in The Empire Strikes Back. The dots are actually reversed for what you see in the West End Games book. So, yeah, no real way to tell for sure. However, Alistair Petrie's insignia on his uniform has the traditional five dots, uh, the red dots that you see on General Rykian's uniform and General Dodonna's uniform. And in fact, there is a bearded person. There are a couple of people standing back in the shadows while this conversation is happening between Jin and Mon Mothma and whoever Alistair Petrie is playing. One of them is a bearded person and made me wonder if this is General Dodonna standing in the shadows. And the other thing is just Mon Mothma's look right after the a statement by Felicity Jones saying, I rebel. And she just kind of looks down and kind of smirks a little bit, at least a Mon Mothma-level smirk. That's what it sure reads like, at least. Uh, I don't think she gets a lot of amusement in her life, so it's kind of nice to see that little twinkle of a smile playing on her lips. 
Then we get the Lucasfilm logo, and then we get a quick summary from Mon Mothma of everything you need to know about this movie. We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know what it is and how to destroy it. Is that clear? Yes, sir. And that's Alistair Petrie or Petrie saying, is that clear? To make sure that it's clear <laughs> for Felicity Jones. And this does raise a few questions. Like, for example, what is possibly going to compel Jin Erso to actually go on this mission? We've sort of left that particular bit of information out. Like, why do they think that she's actually going to do it? So is this leverage? Is this idealism? What possible motivation are they able to give her that will send her on this mission? Now, Mon Mothma is explaining the mission in voiceover while we get a couple of shots. First of Felicity Jones riding in some sort of transport. She's, it looks like she's flying along. It looks like there's something bright outside, but it is impossible to tell through the window what it is. And then it cuts to possibly one of the most thrill-inducing shots of the whole trailer so far. Seeing a Star Destroyer cruising by and then suddenly seeing out of the shadows the Death Star being revealed and not just a Death Star but a finalized Death Star almost. The disc is actually being lowered into place. The focusing area where the super laser will emit that is being lowered into place and we've got not one, not two, but seven at least at my count. Seven Star Destroyers lurking around the Death Star as it is being completed. Then we cut to the this December and oh my do they make it dramatic because of course this is what cuts in when you see this December on screen. Well, now, that's kind of serious, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but that gave me chills when I was watching it. And it's, you know, if for some reason the sound is tickling a memory in the back of your brain, but you can't quite place it, that is the alarm klaxon that sounds within the original Death Star when the rebel ships are attacking. It's a little louder and more insistent than you might remember, but it is basically the same Death Star alarm effect. And from here on in, it's montage time. It's gotta be a montage! (laughs) First shot is of a bunch of rebel pilots running and Jin and Diego Luna's character, who, if you are in rumor and spoiler land, there is a suggestion as to what his character's name is. Again, we are not going to say it on here, but it's out there if you want to find it. And the two of them seem to be walking purposefully, but certainly not with the same level of urgency as the rebel pilots are running. And there is a shot later on of some rebel pilots in binders being marched along by stormtroopers. I was looking at the faces of the pilots in this first shot to see if any of them looked familiar, and eh, I I don't think so, but I'm not willing to say with certainty that the pilots in this first shot are definitely not any of the pilots that we see in that later shot. But that being said, we see Diego Luna and Felicity Jones walking purposefully out of the temple heading off to <laughs> heading off to begin the mission perhaps. And then we cut to our first look 
at a significant villain, and it is Ben Mendelsohn's character. He is the actor tapped to play one of the major villains inside Rogue One. He is wearing an all-white uniform, which is highly unusual. You don't usually see that inside the ranks of the Empire. And a cape to boot, a long cape. Now, there have been questions I've seen flying around on Twitter about whether this is a reimagining of Grand Admiral Thrawn, or if this is possibly even Grand Moff Tarkin. And I can tell you, at least for the latter, the answer answer is no, because, for example, Grand Moff Tarkin never wore that kind of uniform, and <laughs> it's certainly beyond anything he would wear, way too showy by comparison, number one. And number two, the insignia that he has on his chest, you know, unlike the Rebellion insignia, we have a lot better handle from a canon standpoint of Imperial insignia, and he is wearing a bar or two bars across his chest that signify the rank of a general or admiral, depending on whether he's in the Navy or the Army. If he was, in fact, a moth, instead of six blue across the bottom, it would be three blue and three gold. So definitely a general not or an admiral, not, not Grand Moff Tarkin. And as far as Thrawn goes, uh, unlikely. But Matt Martin, who is a former social media player on Lucasfilm's team and is now a creative executive with the Lucasfilm Story Group, says that, quote, you're going to like this villain, and I'm going to take him at his word for it for now. And we're seeing him, Ben Mendelsohn's character, standing in front of a display screen that we've seen on the Death Star. That's the one where they show it triangulating its you know, firing for testing out the super laser on Alderaan or getting it ramped up to fire on Yavin 4 before everything gets blown to pieces. So it's that same sort of control room space where we also saw Vader and Tarkin and Princess Leia in the original Star Wars 2. He's standing in front of that screen. Then you get a shot of the stormtroopers on patrol with that vehicle that I mentioned earlier that gets blown up earlier in the trailer itself. And there's a character that is all, you know, bundled up except for being able to see the character's eyes in the foreground, which suggests that maybe it's somebody who is actually lurking around, keeping an eye on the stormtroopers that are on patrol and who are about to get assaulted. I I mean, I'm jumping to a conclusion in that regard. I mean, obviously the, uh, the vehicle that they are in is in perfect working order and hasn't been bombed at this point. So it seems like it's a good possibility that... That's the one that's going to get bombed. I'm sure they have more than one. But anyway, so stormtroopers on patrol. And if you look carefully in the vehicle itself, like sitting out of, you know, sitting in the vehicle, but with, you know, helmet and uh, the top of their armor visible, it looks like different helmets on the stormtroopers there. It's not your standard stormtrooper issue. This is our first look at a different kind of stormtrooper helmet, whatever that may be. And then we cut to a shot of Forrest Whitaker, our first good look at Forrest Whitaker's character with all sorts of random gear on. Yeah, it looks like he is uh, very intricately outfitted for some reason and using some sort of uh, pike or staff to, uh, to walk. So that, you know, at least get around wherever he is. He is in some sort of tunnel, perhaps. There's a grate that opens to the outside behind him. I don't think it's a window. I don't think it's anything like that. It looks like it is some you know, internal place that isn't necessarily meant for people to be walking around unless they're there on business or on espionage or sabotage kind of situations. Then Forrest Whitaker starts delivering his dramatic contribution to the trailer with these bits of dialogue. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the cuts get quicker and quicker. We get the shot of the dark uniform stormtroopers, and that's the one that we saw in the teaser to the teaser last night. And, all right, so I've seen... This is what I know about those guys, and this is as much as I'm going to tell you, that there has been a trademark registered on the phrase Shadow Troopers. And so I'm not willing to say that these are, in fact, Shadow Troopers, but it certainly seems like a good possibility. And there have been a couple other names bandied about that I think fall more into the rumor and spoiler category situation. So if you want to hunt those down, (laughs) again, they exist out there for you if you want to check it out. But it seems like Shadow Troopers are a good enough name for it, considering that it has been trademarked already by Lucasfilm, and that info is sort of in the public record, as it were. And it cuts from a bunch of them, and it's not on any other planet that we've seen, it doesn't look like. It actually looks like there's a a bit of grassy stuff in the background, or mossy perhaps, and a moisture evaporator sticking up, and... Yeah, I think this is something that we are going to see a little bit later in the trailer. I'm just making a guess on it based on the amount of green that we've seen so far and the only other place where we're going to see green in the rest of the trailer. But it immediately then cuts to a scene I mentioned to you earlier with rebel pilots being marched along a marketplace uh, street in that same planetary location. It looks like that we saw Felicity Jones and company taking on the stormtroopers. So they are in binders, three of them being marched along by stormtroopers. And that's when, (laughs) of course, Forrest Whitaker is saying when they catch you. So well-timed. And then it cuts immediately to a great action scene. This is one that I think, I don't know, It strikes me that this could be right near the end of the movie, potentially. I mean, we know the end of the movie has to be them stealing the plans and actually being successful with the theft because right after that is when they turn them over to Princess Leia and thereby should end the Rogue One time period and begin the Star Wars A New Hope period. But we see Diego Luna and Felicity Jones and that droid that we saw earlier that we mentioned to you, the very tall droid, all running together down some sort of corridor. And it looks like it's an Imperial facility. It certainly has that Imperial sheen to it. I saw somebody online comment that the stuff on the right almost makes it look like they're running in a subway or you know some sort of transportation platform. And yeah, I guess I can kind of see that potentially. It also could look like it's a bunch of escape pod bay doors, for example. But they are booking it. And Felicity Jones has something in her hand that she's... Yeah, I can't quite tell what it is. It's smaller than a bread box, I can tell you that. Could that be the Death Star plans? You know, it certainly looks bigger than anything that got shoved into R2-D2, so maybe it is a case that contains the data disk that has the plans on it, for example. But they are high-tailing it, and they cut to another scene where you see a bunch of stormtroopers running and... The presumption, I think, is that they are all running after Diego Luna and Felicity Jones and the robot that are all chasing him down. Dozens of stormtroopers. Some of them are your standard stormtroopers, and some of them look entirely different. They look closer to what you see on that vehicle that's patrolling in the streets with the stormtroopers and not so much like those shadow trooper uh, dark um, uniformed ones. So Felicity Jones and company absolutely hauling as fast as they can and possibly hauling it all the way away from those stormtroopers that are chasing after him. And then on the break you bit, this is where we see Donnie Yen's character come out. And 
he's surrounded by four stormtroopers and there's a fifth one sort of in the background. And also, if you look carefully in the background of the scene, there is a downed X-Wing fighter. It is a nose down into the ground. And it looks like, again, the same planet where the troopers were patrolling that we saw the confrontation between Felicity Jones and the troopers and the explosion, uh, the you know, the bombing of that one stormtrooper vehicle. Anyway, so Donnie Yen <laughs> starts going crazy and, you know, uses his martial arts skill. Um, they cut from him walking out with the stormtroopers around him to another shot where he's using his staff to wail on one of the stormtroopers. And you can actually see behind him another trooper laid flat on the ground. In that first shot, though, when he's walking out into the middle of where the stormtroopers are, there is a red-robed figure in the background, too, all the way back where the X-Wing fighter is, the downed X-Wing. And it's hard to tell who that is or if that person has any significance or if it's just, you know, an extra in the background. But I thought it was really kind of fascinating to see that a red-robed character was there, especially considering that we get a shot with the Emperor's Royal Guard later on in this trailer, and we'll get to that in just a moment. And then we cut to what is unquestionably going to be one of the big action pieces of the movie. So they were filming in the Maldives, of all places, and this is stuff from the Maldives. We see what looks like those shadow troopers firing their weapons, and it cuts to a large... It looks like it's a giant shuttlecraft, and it looks like it's designed along the lines of Kylo Ren's command shuttle in that it has some very long wings that are sticking straight up, but in this case, it's actually like a square. The actual body of the thing is a giant square, and there are four wings that are pointing up at the corners of each. And that thing is getting blown to heck. <laughs> and it's unlikely that it's the um, that it's the shadow troopers firing their weapons that are blowing the thing up. I, I, you know, who knows? I could be wrong. It could be that the rebel f- squad that is you know trying to steal the Death Star plans that they borrowed whatever this shuttle is, landed it there, and that the Shadow Troopers are blowing it up to prevent them from escaping or something like that. Again, I'm making stuff up in that regard. It's entirely possible that that's an explanation for it, but I think it's probably more likely an Imperial Troop transport of some kind. And as the thing is blowing up, we cut to a rebel soldier who is ducking and covering away from the explosion. Looks like the same kind of uniform that we saw in Return of the Jedi with the rebel commandos on Endor. So that's kind of cool to see that little throwback thing, especially the helmet that Wicket was afraid of. (laughs) Uh, Silly Wicket. And then we get two robe shots. One of them is Ben Mendelsohn's character, and he is walking through some very shallow water. And it looks like it's the same location in the planet that they filmed in the Maldives for. And there are two stormtroopers' bodies in the water just laying dead and fire raging and all this stuff in the background. And it looks like it's more of a either sunset or a sunrise time period as opposed to when we saw the earlier shot of the shuttle blowing up. That was definitely more of a daytime shot. And we'll see another daytime shot later on in the trailer. But it looks like Ben Mendelsohn's character is arriving potentially after the fact, after the battle is over. And then it cuts to a different robed character. And I'm saying it's a different robed character because this person, whoever it is, this creature, whoever it is, is wearing a robe that has a hood on it. And if you look at Ben Mendelsohn's regular robe, it does not have a hood on the back of the thing, unless he has a ceremonial robe that he changes into that has a hood on it, maybe. But yeah, not in this particular case. This hooded figure is walking toward some sort of platform and there's a beam of light coming down it. You know, 
I don't want to say, well, I'm going to say it. It looks almost Star Trek transporter like in that somebody could come, you know, <laughs> swirling into place. Um, it could also be very much like the platform that the Emperor shows up on in The Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader goes to listen to what the Empire or the Emperor has to say after he moves himself out of the asteroid field. And there is a suggestion that the Emperor is somehow involved in this because standing on either side of that platform are two of the Emperor's royal guards. So. Yeah, that's really kind of interesting. And I guess then you have to ask the question, are we actually seeing the Emperor striding into this room? That would be pretty amazing. And for what it's worth, I've not seen any rumor or spoiler about the Emperor and him having an appearance in this. So if that's something that he's actually doing, then, oh boy, that's really cool. I got to say... Ian McDermott is just tremendous. I really, really love his performance as the Emperor chewing up the scenery in Return of the Jedi. And even just throughout the prequels, I think he is one of the best things about the prequels. And his performance in Revenge of the Sith is just absolutely awesome. So if he shows up in this, oh boy, am I going to be pleased. But I don't think, in all honesty, that the character that we see in the robes here is the Emperor. And the reason why is because just before it cuts away from him, the character appears to bow down, to get down onto his, her, its knees. So I don't think that's the Emperor, but I think the presence of the Emperor's Royal Guard means that the Emperor could well show up in this thing, which would be awesome. Anyway, so we get another quick cut to Forrest Whitaker in a different location, sitting in some sort of chair and it looks like possibly inside a vehicle and possibly a larger vehicle. I'm not saying he's in the Millennium Falcon. Don't get me wrong when I say this, but sort of the backing of the chair and sort of the background reminded me of a larger freighter-type ship, so definitely not in a starfighter, for example, when he's saying these last words. If you continue to fight... And with that, we see Wen Jian. Uh, I think that's how you should actually say it since it's the Chinese and so the Wen should go first. Uh, running out from some building, possibly that shuttle, but I don't think so. It just it doesn't quite look right from the angle that it comes at. I, I don't know. I mean, could be, could not be. Um, comes running out with some major weaponry and running alongside then as the shot switches to see where he's running to, uh, the rest of his team, including Felicity Jones and who knows who else is part of that team, running on the beach in the Maldives. And this is the big... Big shot in the trailer with four, count them, four Imperial walkers firing down and them going serpentine, <laughs> trying not to get shot as they storm the beach or wherever this is, and the Imperial walkers firing, and a radar dish tower off in the background there too. Oh my word, when I saw Imperial walkers, uh, you know, that goes <laughs> straight back for me, straight back to the Empire Strikes Bath, back in my favorite the empire strikes bath did i just say that <laughs> the empire strikes back in my absolute favorite scenes with the snow speeders and the imperial walkers <coughs> oh man and i just can't stand it seeing the imperial walkers was just the best way this thing could have you know ramped up for me and of course it does that thing that trailers do where it ramps it up to that intense <laughs> And then it drops you off a cliff and goes into silence. And then we get one last shot and one last voiceover from Forrest Whitaker. What will you become? And this as we get a shot of a corridor or a tunnel lighting up. And it looks very similar in its way to the tunnel that 
Luke Skywalker goes through when he's on Bespin after he's knocked Darth Vader off the Carbonite platform and he's chasing him down into the bowels of Cloud City. So it's a sort of a tunnel-y thing like that, except uh, a lot darker black in its surroundings. And yeah, definitely much more Imperial in that sense. And we get a shot of Felicity Jones of Jyn Erso in a... Gosh, well, it's hard to tell exactly what kind of Imperial garb this is. It's definitely very TIE Fighter pilot reminiscent. However, there are a couple of things like sticking out of her back that are unusual. Out of her backpack, out of whatever she has slung on her back that kind of stick upward that are almost, I don't know... I mean, it's not like they're weapon-like, but they have to serve some sort of purpose. They almost made me think of antenna-like things for some reason, but... um, very unusual, and I did look at some uniforms online. I looked at Imperial Gunners to see if that possibly mapped over at all. It's certainly not TIE Fighter pilot stuff unless, you know, she's carrying a different kind of gear or she's, you know, operating a different kind of thing. Maybe TIE Bomber pilots look different. I honestly don't know. Um, but definitely, like, closer to TIE Pilot than anything else aside from that stuff additionally that is projecting upward off of her back. And we fade to black and we get the Rogue One logo along with some neat twists on the Imperial March music. So that pretty much does it for the Rogue One trailer. And there's one thing I want to discuss, particularly in regards to Forrest Whitaker's lines, and that will wrap up our discussion of the trailer, which we will talk about here after the break. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, welcome back, and we are just about to wrap up here, except let's just talk briefly about Forrest Whitaker's lines. The first parts of it, you know, and this is where trailers get a little funky, because maybe all of these things are said all in one scene, and maybe they're not. It's really hard to tell. But the stuff about, you know, if they catch you and if they break you, like, that stuff could certainly be one thing by itself. But the other parts of it are if you continue to fight, what will you become? That is a really interesting sentiment when you get right down to it. You could almost suggest that it's a very pacifist sentiment because he's trying to suggest to whoever he's talking to that if that person continues to fight, that person could become someone or something that is not very cool, or at least that's how I would read it. Somebody who is corrupted, somebody who becomes bad themselves, somebody who becomes disconnected from their, you know, I'm going to use the word humanity, even though obviously you can't use the word humanity with people who are not human, as many characters are in the Star Wars movies, but I'd like to beg a little bit forgiveness uh, in that regard and allow uh, the word humanity to be ascribed to the notion of being able to be in touch with the better angels of our nature, as it were. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't see just because they do the what will you become bit right over um, as a voiceover over Felicity Jones in the Imperial uniform. I don't see that 
as a <laughs> as any sort of sign that she's going to turn to the dark side, as it were. But you know, we obviously not a force user. What I mean to say by that, of course, is that she's going to become uh, somebody operating for the Imperials as opposed to operating for the Rebels. I just I can't see that as a possibility for some reason. Although if you think that she could turn, then I'd love to hear your thoughts about it as well. In fact, I'd love to hear any of the thoughts you care to share about the Rogue One trailer at the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. But it'll be fascinating to see what Force Whitaker's real role in all this is because if you're casting a name like him, then you're going to give him something significant. And it sounds like he has some pretty significant things to tell to whoever the characters are he's addressing inside Rogue One. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, too, and say that he's probably addressing some... Maybe it's Felicity Jones for sure, but maybe it's somebody else on their team. Maybe it's the whole team in general, and maybe he's consulting with them. I don't know. Certainly doesn't come off like an Imperial, I'll say that much for it. And so that will officially do it. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for tuning in to this bonus episode of the podcast. And if you like what you've been hearing, then please do consider heading over to patreon.com slash SW7X7. Again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash SW7X7. And support the podcast. We bring it to you every day and in days like this when something special happens twice a day or even more. We're gearing up for Celebration Europe and the entire Star Wars 7x7 family is going. Brainstormer Lonnie, my wife, and my two kids, Scorekeeper Declan and Quizmaster Joe. We're all going to be there to bring you as much coverage from Celebration Europe as we possibly can. And if you were with us for what we do with Celebration Anaheim, <laughs> what I did with Celebration Anaheim, really, then you know it's going to be quite a lot. You're going to get video. You're going to get multiple multiple podcasts and there's always some incredible things revealed at celebration so please do consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash sw7x7 thank you so much for listening and yeah there is one last bit of thing we have to do here and that is our copyright disclosure here you go this podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by lucasfilm limited disney or 20th century fox is intended for entertainment and information purposes only star wars the star wars logo all names and pictures of star wars characters vehicles and any other star wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of lucasfilm limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them all original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars and We hope you love it. Oh, and hey, did you see that extra weird scaffoldy looking thing on top of the bridge tower on that one Star Destroyer? What's that about?